Hello and welcome to Meet Our Makers, an artist interview podcast produced in association with Beats Per Minute. I'm your host, Jeremy J. Fissette. On this episode, we get to meet Anjimali. Anjimali is a singer-songwriter hailing from Boston who just put out his debut album this year called Giver Taker on Father Daughter Records. In this chat, Anjimali and I discuss the bizarre feeling of going from a long-standing DIY musician who barely anyone heard to being signed by a lovely label full of nice people and getting reviews left and right. Not to mention the album was quite warmly received. We also talk about some of the inspiration behind the album, as well as what Anjimali's been up to during quarantine including how he has found it sort of a bastion for creativity. I was especially excited to talk to Anjimali because as a DIY musician myself, I was really eager to pick his brain about some of his motivations, some of his feelings around the business and the art, and just kind of talk to him about the journey he's been on over basically the better part of this past decade. So thank you for listening and please enjoy. This is me meeting Anjimali. All right. Just hanging how, out. Yeah, how are you? It's uh we should say for the record this is <laughs> the day after election day. Um yeah. How are you faring with all that? Um yeah, I'm I'm faring all all right. <laughs> I um you know, I mean, I haven't, I'm just, I've been trying to like not be on social media like at all. And I've been like checking the news intermittently, but you know, not really any updates from yesterday. So no, it's pretty slow. So I mean, I've, I've yeah. been, I've been, I've probably been looking more than I should be looking. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, probably not the healthiest, uh, thing to do right now. Um, so how have you how have you been though? How have you been over uh, quarantine? Because you just put out your debut album, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. You put out your so, debut album yeah. this year, and this is a very strange year. So how how has uh, how have you been in general since this pandemic started? Yeah, it's uh it's been a uh, it's been a wild ride. I mean, <laughs> <sighs> all things considered. I've been all right. Uh, I feel like it could be worse. Mm. Uh, so in that respect, it's going great. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've i always released like DIY stuff um, in Boston. So like, I don't really know how, I mean, I've, I've heard how a release cycle is supposed to go, you know, mm. the tour usually, <laughs> right? Yeah. But um, that's not a thing. So it's been... Uh, it's been interesting to kind of see, I guess, like folks from my team adjusting to that reality, mm. like father daughter, um, and and kind of just like it was kind of an onward and upward thing with the release of the record. Yeah, I mean, so many people put off their records this year, and then several people did release records, but they weren't mostly their debut records. So, I mean, what is that? what has that been like to sort of be releasing your first on label, you know, large scale project and it's in the midst of a pandemic? I think that 
maybe like a silver lining is that like I was already pretty you know stressed out about like the release like oh shit you know what's Pitchfork gonna say like what <laughs> what's Stereo Gun what are these you know people gonna say so there was already that kind of like worry which is I think a bit like egoistic and so that is kind of the backdrop of that is like a literal pandemic <laughs> which I think helped help me like retain a, a, a degree of like perspective and groundedness throughout this entire thing like it's I mean it's been it's not used to people like listening to music that I make so <laughs> I was I know like, no I know oh. <laughs> yeah I it's like, weird wow, okay. I can imagine that is sort of strange when I mean how how many years were you putting out your music on your own Oh yeah, it's uh it's been since like 2012. Oh, wow, okay. But like not in a serious way. Like I think I put out my first record when I was like a or it was an EP when I was like a sophomore in college. And mm-hmm. I was like, "Fuck it." You know, it wasn't like a serious <laughs> thing, you know. But yeah, it's kind of been a minute. Yeah, so I can imagine that jump being sort of good mostly but sort of weird too that you've been putting out music kind of at your own pace on your own time in your own way for so long and then like you said suddenly these people are hearing it that you never would have thought or expected to hear it I mean I don't even that adjustment must be sort of strange it's totally strange it is like it's certainly like validating Mm. um because you know the like the EP that I released in 2012 was, like, not that good, you know? <laughs> so I've been, like, you know, working to improve my artistry in all aspects. And so it's, like, so now I can be, like, okay, there's definitely been, like, improvement here. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, they always, I always hear, like, about debut albums that people have their whole lives to write them, but then their sophomore album is, like, two years to write it. But <laughs> I feel like that's kind of a similar idea. Like, you spend so many years writing stuff that you end up not really liking much, and you kind of have that time to hone your craft a bit. Um, so yeah. maybe, I don't know, maybe it's, like, a, a good thing almost that it happens now because you, I would imagine you feel a bit more confident in your in your style now. Yeah, definitely. Then you did in 2012, I mean. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I was, like, still figuring things out. And I I still am, but, you know, back then I was, like, 19. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was just kind of, you know, not as focused. I mean, I was, like, trying to go to college. I was, like, yeah, I was kind of doing my, like, college fuckboy thing. I wasn't really (laughs) super focused on, like you know, musicianship, <laughs> for better or for worse. Um, so you didn't so I, study music at all? Um, I was in, like, I was in choir hmm. all throughout high school, so there was, like, music theory and, and vocal technique training, and then I, like, played guitar all throughout, like, middle school and high school, but I wasn't, like, like, I went to college as an, as an English major. Oh, okay. And I switched my major after two years to music. Oh, okay. So I was like, oh, you know, maybe I should do music. It wasn't really <laughs> until I got to college that music, like performing music started becoming a thing for me in the first right. place. I just, I find it sort of fascinating when these kinds of things happen. I was just talking the other day with, with someone, I'm forgetting who now, but about sort of that phenomenon that happens when it seems like a few times a year, every year, there's like, 
some people from the DIY scene, usually singer songwriters who suddenly kind of come out with something that gets buzz and often it's a debut album. And I, I always kind of am just curious nice. about like, you know, the journey that comes with that, because as you say, you've been playing music for now eight years roughly. And that had not happened, whether you were chasing it or not, I don't know, but then kind of out of nowhere, so to speak, you know, you have this debut album that like you said, yeah. Pitchfork heard and Stereogum heard and all these people who, what you know for better or worse are kind of the gatekeepers these days yeah so it's like you know i validating like you said is probably a very good word for it um you know i've been i've been making music for about the same amount of time as you on a very very diy scale and i'm always just like and i know there's thousands others you know so i'm always just like wondering about that process yeah it was like a very for this debut it was a it was a combination of like serendipity and planning mm -hmm. like in terms with getting getting linked with father daughter like the record the record happened because I, I applied for a grant last year um that a couple of my buddies had gotten and like it's like a, it's a 15k grant and so I like worked with you know my bandmate Justine and her good friend Gabe to like make a budget and like a plan you know and then, like, we got the grant, and it was like, oh, shit, great. <laughs> and from there, it was just kind of, like, a bit of connections. Like, I, my, my good is Sir Baby Girl, and they've been on Father Daughter for a couple of years. And, like, they recorded their debut at my old apartment. Oh, wow. So they would always kind of be, like, hanging out, and I would be like, hey, what's up? And they'd be like, I'm good, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm working with Father Daughter. And I would, like, ask them about it, and they'd be like, yeah, I feel like it would be a good fit for you. So I've been, like, you know... I'm not sure how aware father daughter is, but I've been like creeping on them for years now. <laughs> I think we all do that until until they notice. Yeah, it's. I feel like doing research is good. I do a lot of uh, some might say creeping. It might be me. I think I would say creeping, but I think <laughs> I think the right correct term is just like research. Well, because what were you doing? Were you were you trying to like feel them out and see if they would be a good fit before you approached them? Yeah, I basically wanted to know like everything about them. And I wanted to know their, like, affiliations and, like, yeah. So I just, like, you know, yeah, looked up all the artists on the roster, like, listened to all their music and then, like, did some research on, like, the artists that I liked on the roster. I looked up, I, like, looked up to, like, their managers were and their booking agents and their publicists. And then I, like, read a bunch of interviews that Tyler and Jesse did uh, over the years. And, like, this was, this was, like, long before I ever spoke <laughs> to them. <laughs> But I feel like it's good to be informed. <laughs> well, yeah, and also, I mean, uh, again, coming from myself as a as a as a DIY musician, you know, yeah. you, you see those. If any label, small or large, is saying anything about demos or submissions, a lot of them say, you know, please, please be familiar with what we do, because you know we get a lot of shit, and if it doesn't sound like something we would want why are you sending it to us basically yeah no that's a good point and i think that's like something i would have done in like 2012 <laughs> just be like oh a record label let me send them this you know regardless <laughs> <Yeah. of> like <laughs> like whether or not it's contextually appropriate <laughs> i know i remember in college probably freshman or sophomore year i sent something very embarrassingly to cranky um who are not 
singers really singers yeah. label but, but that was like like you said that was like before i had any sort of ability to discern what was like appropriate so i was like oh yeah i'll just send this to them because i really like the stuff on their label and it's not it doesn't it did not fit at all so needless to say i didn't even get a response so i think i think doing your research is is a good thing yeah i mean i feel Creeping like that's, or not. that's what like not getting a response is for because you know people are learning how to how to conduct themselves. So I feel like they're probably <laughs> super yeah. used to just like random shit and being like, oh, this person just doesn't really know what yeah. they're doing right now. But maybe. And I, I also wonder like how many people just get sort of looked over, sort of not even maliciously, you know, because they get so many emails. Yeah, so. I wonder that too. Because, you know, like I like don't, I don't get like a ton of emails, but like <laughs> after a certain point, you know, I'm. I'm not going to respond to that email, yeah, especially right. if it feels random or like, <laughs> uh, yeah, especially if it feels random or yeah, if I... it's from somebody who I've, who I've never heard of, who doesn't, who isn't, who doesn't like have like a referral. Right. And I think that that's kind of like, that's kind of how I view like father daughter mm-hmm. is like my like industry referral in a way, <laughs> in addition to just being like bomb ass people. Yeah, no, I've, 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 t- I've been aware of them for a little while too. They, they seem like a good, a good place to be. Yeah, they're so like, they're just like fucking like, cool. Which is probably pretty rare. <laughs> yeah, they're they're like cool. They're honest. They're like transparent, communicative. They don't. They're not like. They're not full of shit, which mm-hmm. is super nice because I've like you know over the past like couple of months. Since since this record came out, people have been coming out of the woodwork, which is nice. But some people have been saying some like weird stuff to me, and I'm <laughs> like, "There's no way you could actually do like. Why would you just promise this bullshit? Yeah, <laughs> it's really. weird. But Father Daughter is nothing like that. Like they were like, "Hey, we like your record. Like we're gonna try to promote it. <laughs> like that was pretty much it. Well, that's. I mean, that's extremely nice. I mean, that's like, I. It is a really good record, and I'm sure that they also think it's a very good record. But that is also kind of like the stroke of luck that so many musicians were looking for that like nice quick turnaround of someone being like, you know what? I like that. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty bonkers. Like I saw on Twitter that Tyler, the A&R rep had, this was last summer, like, and we, we had started recording the record and Tyler had put on Twitter that he was doing artist consultations hmm. and like he has music and they had put one of my older tunes on that playlist in 2018 or yeah, I think it was early in 2019 um they had like put a playlist a song a playlist with one of my tunes on it on it and i was like oh snap and i like knew it was tyler from father daughter because my creeping so i was like nice 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 nice. (laughs) and when i saw that he was doing artist consultations on a sliding scale i was like hey (laughs) so like we pulled up in there with like you know three like mixed tracks and like a marketing plan for how we wanted to release the record and we were just we just wanted to see like if it was a good plan if we had any suggestions and like which of the songs, which of those three tunes should be the single. And like, you know, we were like, yeah, these are just work in progress, you know, like unmixed tunes, which they were like, absolutely not fully mixed and like done up. Uh, but he was like, yeah, here's my advice. And also I really like this music. I think it's awesome. And I was like, yes. Yeah. That's like, that's like such a, that'd be such a moment for me. <laughs> it was pretty, I was like, Yes. And he gave us, you know, he gave us like contacts to other labels who we reached out to and like folks were really nice. 
especially like <laughs> because we were just random people mm-hmm. <laughs> emailing them people were like really nice to us but like the vibe with father daughter was just like right immediately and i was like these are the people yeah it's nice when when they're nice because i i have had some places respond whether negatively or positively and it's it's nice that even when it's like a no it's like a really nice no because <laughs> yeah. some people some people are so cold about it or really robotic about it and it's just nice when someone you know treats you like a human being right i'm like oh i just thought you were gonna like ignore that which is totally chill yeah but then you were like super nice to me that's so nice <laughs> yeah it's always a nice <laughs> it's so sad but it's always a nice shock when people are nice yeah it is it really is especially so, via email I know, I know. I feel weird about email sometimes, but it's like what you have to do. And I do, when I do do my mass emails of like, because I self PR, of course, I definitely personalize, you know, I go through and I definitely address to the person I'm emailing because I know that I've seen a lot of even really small labels like tweet out, like, if you don't address me, I'm not reading it. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, that's real. I kind of get it. Yeah. I understand. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so did you have then, so you had give or take or was it pretty much done when you came to father daughter? Um, it was like, I would we were like halfway through the recording process. Okay. Um, and we so had, they, plan- so they signed on before you were done. Yeah. They were like, cause we, we, we wanted to release it in at the, like before the end of 2019 originally. Mm-hmm. Because in January of 2019, I had gotten on NPR's like artists to watch mm. in the new year, and we were trying to capitalize on that. And we were like, "Yeah, like we'd like we want to release this like kind of as soon as possible." And like father daughter was like, "Hey, like you don't actually have to do that. <laughs> um, you can you can chill out." And they were like, "So this is how like um <laughs> like marketing works. We take a couple of months, and that's after your record is finished, which is not <laughs> so yeah <laughs> yeah." So they were like, "Yeah, just you know." We'll make a timeline and we'll we'll fit in a couple of months for PR and we'll be good. And like you don't have to rush these things. And we were like, okay, cool. Well, that's nice. Yeah, it was super nice. And you know, we were kind of like, so yeah, we had some like undue pressure put on ourselves that was then like immediately alleviated, and we were right. like refocused back on production and recording. I mean, I don't know about you, but for myself, one thing I really like about being such a DIY musician is that, and I do, I actually do this quite frequently is if I'm planning a release, I can like change something like the day before, <laughs> like, you know, like, Oh you yeah, know what? I did. You know, I finally, I, I think I got it to be better. I'm going to change it out. I don't care that it's coming out tomorrow. Damn. Yeah. Honestly, like I, I was, I, I feel like I, I, I maybe was bitching about this. T- I was bitching to somebody i'm always bitching but like <laughs> i like hate di i hate doing things DIY. <laughs> like the the just like just because of just because of the possibility of that mm-hmm. or just because i can do something like that and i like if i can i will mm-hmm. and like there's just this there's just a a greater ability because I have more control, I thusly, unfortunately, use it to drive myself fucking insane. <laughs> yeah, I get that. <laughs> so, like, with father-daughter, like, it was just so nice that they were like, this is the plan. And I was like, great, I'm going to go outside. Right. <laughs> right? Like, they it's were like, like reading blueprints. Shit. Uh, it was like, I was like, holy shit, I don't even need to be on the internet when this record comes out. Like, I can, like, I pre-write my, like, record release Insta post and then, like, 
post it and then like go climb a fucking mountain or something yeah really and i and like uh, band band camp also like doesn't let you pre you know schedule your 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 pre-orders yeah you know and i always i always i always kind of i love Bandcamp, but that is like the one stitch in my side about them is that like i don't want to i don't want to get up at like five in the morning and, and really go there and point. post it you know like just can i just pre-do it and then have it come out and when i wake up it's out like you know whatever yeah that might be their achilles heel i didn't even but, think of that <laughs> that's totally well true. i i'm like always i'm just always making stuff so i'm pretty i'm pretty acquainted with their uh good stuff but also their limitations um yeah but yeah for for, for someone like you, you you actually appreciated that you kind of needed to turn in a finished product and then take your hands off yeah and like i think that that was good for my producers as well <laughs> like <laughs> unfortunately like <laughs> i mean there are things that all of us would change now mm. but i think it is so much for the better that we can't like uh in maker <laughs> i forget i think it was like mentioned in it was like mentioned in a in a bigger publication something about like the squeaky guitar strings in my my producer game was like no <laughs> i've been losing sleep about the squeaky guitar strings and i yeah. was like you know man we'll just we'll fix it next round <laughs> like, yeah like whatever it's diy right. kind of well i mean it kind of still is i mean it definitely has that spirit i think to it it, it it sounds like it was well recorded and well produced but it, it does have that sort of like diy people in a room kind of feel to it so i think that's fine yeah it was just diy with a budget right, right. usually um it's like diy and me like collecting pennies from a well to like yeah yeah as opposed to me and my like zero dollar budget in my office at home yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah so i i think that spirit still lives on so if there's a little bit of shagginess then who cares <laughs> right <laughs> um so speaking of the record uh giver taker came out couple months ago i'm forgetting the date now um Let's see. yeah it feels like it's been a couple months yeah september 18th september, september 18th. okay um and it got a pretty pretty good uh response critically um have you been surprised at all by critical or fan responses um yeah like maybe well one time okay so i read this i read this hilarious i won't say the publication but like i read this like hilarious it was like five songs to listen to and it had like a blurb about maker and it was like imagine you're just coming home on a snowy evening you put your bags down in your living and this was like a review of the song and it was just like a it was just like a paragraph that was like a fucking like pros and i was yeah. like what the fuck is this so that was definitely surprising um yeah, that's like that sounds like a like a like a creative writing exercise or something oh man it was hilarious i i have it saved on my phone and <laughs> i was like man what what um but yeah i've just been surprised that like the response is positive and it's i mean it's like obviously i like the record mm -hmm. you know i made it um but some of the some of the things that these critics have said, like, and I think it's just a function of the potential floweriness of the English language. I'm just like, damn, y'all thought it was that good? I mean, I think, it's, <laughs> I think it's good, but, you know, I think it's that good? You know, so that's, so that's, been, so that's been nice. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, and also, I mean, I don't think, you know, when people say stuff like, oh, I didn't think anyone would like it, like, I don't think it's out of a sort of like pessimistic or self conscious viewpoint. I think it's sort of a humbling thing. It's like, of course, you wouldn't assume everyone's going to love it because if you were assuming that the whole time, I honestly, I think the, the product would have suffered. Yeah, that's kind of You a know? weird, just, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not like Yeezy here. I don't just like believe that I shit gold, but I was like, I think these songs are pretty good. Like, I think this is my best work. So hopefully people think it's good. Yeah. I'm also personally someone who like has so much trouble taking a compliment. So if I, Yeah, <laughs> if honestly. I was getting like praised by for anything, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I was kind of like, Really, like some of these, you know, I don't think, I don't think at any point, like anyone who I ever interviewed with was being disingenuous. I was just being really like, kind of like skeptical. Like I think one of the first interviews, someone was like, yeah, like I listened to this record and cried. And like, it was one of the, like stopped me in my tracks and I like, it affected my soul so deeply. And I was like, for real? But then I was like, obviously for real, like this person is super earnest. I need to like, <laughs> accept a fucking compliment. <laughs> I know it's that like innate sort of you're instantly cynical about any compliment you're given. Yeah, honestly, like every, literally everything is like bullshit. It's like, no, 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 Yeah. not bullshit. Did you did you read reviews? Were you a review looker? Yeah, I did. I read them all. I think Um, I would do that too. I mean, especially with your first kind of big thing, I, I feel like how could I not read them? yeah, I read every single one. <laughs> Um, I don't know if I'll do that in the future. yeah. I think I probably shouldn't, but... um. I don't know if did Beats Per Minute review your album. <laughs> I don't know. I think maybe they did. I know I did not. Um, I think maybe somebody did. I'm just going to Google it. <laughs> oh, yeah, they did. Sick. <laughs> oh, Okay, yeah, they, yeah. oh, yeah, he liked it. Okay, you're good with us. We're good. <laughs> this Yeah. is not, it's not going to be like Beats Per Minute interviewed <laughs> and, and hated the album. No, it's not that. The, yeah, the thing is, like, all the reviews were positive, Mm hmm. and I was still really anxious. Mm hmm. And I think if anything, that made me realize that, like, <laughs> I should maybe just take be taking a step back from that. Or, like, Yeah. it was kind of, like, informing in the future. Like, I was like, oh, my God, what if people don't like this? And the re reviewers are mean. And then, like, reviewers were really kind. And I was like, oh, no. Like, I was still, like, freaked out. So, I was like, <laughs> well, maybe it, less about the review and more about yeah, it. and it does kind of go both ways. Like, if if the critics trash it, but you love it, then like, who cares? But at the same time, if critics love it, you can't be like, well, I am so good, clearly. So I'm set. You know, you can't you can't Right, you that's can't the really thing. lean it can't lean into it too much. It doesn't really, you know, make a ton of sense. Because if, you know, I already made it because I liked it. So it's Right. like someone else liking it isn't like going to make me like it more, you know? But it Yeah. was still nice, obviously. I'm like, okay, sweet. Like, this is a, honestly a dream come true. Yeah. So, like, hell yeah. So there was definitely like a big, like, rah-rah component. Well, it's also just a good feeling when you work really hard on something and then there's a positive result. I mean, it's always, that's always nice. It was like, yeah, and, and once again, like, father-daughter, like, they really came through, like, at the beginning of the, like, release cycle, they were like, so what publications are you interested in, like, would you like to be covered by? And I was like, I want that indie special. Give me that pitchfork, you know, uh, like, some stereo gun paste, like, let's do it. And then that, like, happened. And that's also, like, because my publicist is, like, fucking lit as hell. Well, that's She's, good. like, she's, like, this, like, older...
like white woman <laughs> and she's like her name is judy <laughs> oh yeah i emailed her to get in touch with you <laughs> yeah judy's like stays lit as fuck i like <laughs> am a huge i don't know if you've you might want to check out her twitter it's uh quite hilarious <laughs> i might have to shouts out to judy yeah, but Judy just did her fucking thing, and then all this shit happened, and I was like, damn, Judy. Isn't it nice when people are, like, good at their jobs? <laughs> yeah, I was like, what do you mean, publicist? You know, I didn't have any experience of that. And then, yeah. like, Judy's like, hey, uh, Rolling Stone wants to interview you, and I think my response was, like, capital letters what? With, like, six <laughs> exclamation points. I mean, what a what a shift, though, from the way you used to release and do stuff on your own to, to this. Exactly. You know? Yeah, like, when I realized that we were going to have vinyl, which was, like, you know, in the contract. Mm -hmm. But I, like, have a problem where I won't believe it until I see it. <laughs> totally, yeah. And then, like, you know, we got test pressings in the mail, and I was like, holy shit. I never thought, like, the label was like, hey, we're getting vinyl. Like, what color do you want? And I was like, I want black. And they were like, you can't have black. <laughs> What other color do you want? They were like, colors sell better. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, that was, that was a, that was a moment where I was like. That's, yeah, hey. that's like a dream question for me is like, what color vinyl do you want your album to be on? Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, what? I'm sorry, what? There's, I can do that? Damn, yeah. Ugh, yeah, absolutely. Because I, I had, I was um, lucky enough to meet some good, like, tape label people this year. Sick. Um, so I had a couple albums this year put out on tape, which was the first time I've, I've had any physical media of any kind. And uh, there's just something really cool about it. Just like holding it, you know, it's just like makes it more real, I guess. That sounds incredibly exciting. It was exciting. Do you have a tape player? <laughs> you know, I don't, but I, I know people who do. <laughs> Yo, I'm like Sam. A, a couple of years back, like, one of my buddies in Boston was like, hey, I can do like a really small run of tapes. And I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's basically <laughs> like, how I was. But I like don't, I didn't and still do not have a tape player. Yeah, I'm looking at them now. I have a few cassettes on my shelf. I've literally, I haven't played them like in my house because I can't. I like the way cassettes look. I kind of view them kind of like t-shirts where I'm just like, it's oh, like, yeah. it's like they're like little paintings or whatever. Yeah, it's really it's really neat. It's just like this nice little rectangle with that album art that's usually just a JPEG on Bandcamp. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like a nice color tape. It's like a I think one's like a deep blue. I'm like, ooh, this is nice. nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tapes are cool. I don't think you need to necessarily play them for them to be cool. Yeah, I know. Maybe I'll just like mount them on my wall or something. <laughs> that's not a bad idea. The ones that didn't sell. Mind you. <laughs> um, so with Give or Taker, um, how? How far back do some of these songs go? Um, would you say? Let's see. Um, I think, I think the oldest song was written in twenty thirteen. Oh wow! Maybe twenty fourteen. So is the album then sort of a good encapsulation of basically this decade for you? Um, in some ways, anyway. Oh shit, you know, I guess so. <laughs> Damn. Well, it sounds like a very, very personal album. Yeah, you know, it's super funny. It's like, I didn't really realize that until like recently. <laughs> what, like how, like how honestly personal it was? Yeah, or how, yeah, just like how personal. Because I was like, 
my girlfriend was like playing it. She was like, "Can I play this?" And I was like, yeah, "Okay." She's like, you know, my biggest fan. And, right, right. And I was listening to it, and I kind of hadn't listened to it in a while. I was like, "Yo, this is kind of pretty sad." And she was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> I was like, that's "So oh, funny, shit." Um, but yeah, it's definitely that. That's that's a very good way to put it. It's a pretty solid synopsis of the last decade of my life. Yeah. Yeah. What are um for people who have maybe haven't listened yet? What would you say are some of the like prevailing themes or overall like ideas you were working with on this album? Um I think uh I think a lot of it has to do with like relationships and kind of the emotional impact of relationships shifting whether that's breakups or you know death or just like any sort of major shift to a relationship that feels you know emotional and kind of Mm -hmm. tough to deal with and then I think another theme is like spirituality kind of like reckoning with or rather exploring like faith and what it means to like have a sense of spirituality and how that can manifest in one's like daily life slash Mm -hmm. belief system do you consider yourself a religious person uh no spiritual person yeah which like i remember when i was like 10 like watching the bachelor (laughs) and like like the bachelorettes would be like i'm not religious but i'm spiritual yeah i'd be like what the fuck does that mean (laughs) but now i was like a hipster i'm like oh okay i get it um yeah totally yeah my parents are super religious I'm like really not, but mm-hmm. I, I like I'm I I'm a colors of the wind kind of spiritual mm-hmm. like hippie. <laughs> Did that uh? Does that is there tension there? Uh no, they don't really like ask about it. Well, I think we honestly have like, or at least from what I have gathered, we have pretty similar basic beliefs. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about when they're talking about like religion, I'm talking about spirituality, and like we do agree, mm-hmm. like because it's like you know be kind and honest and loving, right? Well, it's kind of like, like you know all the religions in the world essentially are like ninety nine percent the same. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's like those like basic things, the the core things are, are pretty much the same. And the specifics, I'm like, I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me about <laughs> not eating shellfish, but whatever. Right. Did you, uh, I did for a bit. Did you go to like go. Catholic schools when you were young? Uh, I didn't. Uh, my parents are Presbyterian. Oh, okay. So they used to just take us to church every Sunday and like, you know, I was kind of a, I didn't really have any feelings or thoughts about that as a kid besides like, this is boring as fuck. Yeah, same. And I don't want to wear this dress because it was like a two-hour service. And I was like oh, five. Wow. Yeah. I was like, I don't even know what the fuck is going on. I could be doing <laughs> cereal right now. So I just remember being bored as fuck. And like, sign, like I had learned to sign language at some point. Me and my sister were just signing to each other for like <laughs> during these services at a certain point. Yeah, I remember I went, I went to church every Sunday until I was probably like 11. And then my dad would, realized that none of us really wanted to go. So he stopped making us go. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's yeah, same. And I like never like now I it's I go so infrequently into a church that I'm like uncomfortable in them now. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of like 
gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I feel like I've kind of been to a church recently. <laughs> I'm kind of like it's whatever, you know. I went for like a baptism a couple of years ago, and it was the first time that I had been in a Catholic church in like years. Oh, shit. And first of all, baptism ceremonies are weird as fuck. And it was really strange, like to me personally. And I was just like sitting there in this church for the first time in like a decade. And I was like, oh, this is, yeah, I feel weird. <laughs> but, yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, so what are, are you already, are you someone who always writes? I was going to ask what your plans are next, but are you someone who's like always making music? I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that's, uh, that's what I have been doing. Mm-hmm. Have you been, uh, have you found quarantine and stuff particularly useful for that? Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I wasn't really expecting, I was not expecting that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been a, a time of like emotional upheaval and mm. great change, but also great stasis. And, um, you know, like most folks, having a time, having a, having an emotional experience. And that is, you know, uh, coming out musically at times. So I'm, I'm, I've been really grateful for that outfit, outlet, <laughs> outlet lately. Yeah, I know. I feel like some people have either kind of gone either way, like either they have this time and they've been really creative or they have this time and it's like stifling, you know? Yeah, which I like, I totally see how that could be the case the shit's yeah. like messed up and i think like yeah i'm i think the fact that i am able to write is kind of a testament to like my privilege in this moment to like have like a comfy place to live and like you know be able to still like make money from shows i'll be remotely but like you know it's been harder than usual but i'm like all right and none of my like loved ones are like you know have covid and i feel like because of a very specific set of like factors i'm able to like kind of settle into like my emotional experience and kind of try to focus on whatever self like care or self-soothing looks like yeah that's good i know i i've been fortunate enough to be in this with my boyfriend who i've lived with for years so like i'm not alone Mm -hmm. which is nice um and then we have a dog, which is nice. So it's like, and, you know, so, so, so it's, you know, I feel for the people who who are alone and lonesome because it's such a weird, weird, hard time. Right. I'm like, I'm having a hard time and like, I'm pretty much fine. Right. So I can't imagine how much less fine, you know, it, it gets across the board. I know. And I, uh, I'm a, I'm a teacher, so I've actually been working too and like seeing God. the children. <laughs> yeah. I teach high school, so luckily they're not like five, but damn. Yeah, it's yeah. been it's been a ride. As That's you keep saying, it's been right. a time. <laughs> oh, has it been a time? And it will continue to be a time. <laughs> yeah. Um are you are are you trying to plan for touring for whenever that kind of comes back? Um Oh, not really, <laughs> but you know, now I have a <laughs> a booking agent. Right. <laughs> for some reason. Who, yeah, <laughs> like my no, she's rad. But like I, I uh, like uh, maybe like a couple of weeks after the record came out, I got approached by an agent. She was like, "Hey, I've been following you for a while, and you know, I'd love to like work with you." And obviously, there's no touring, but I like community, and I believe in like working and planning, 
like strategic ways to like help an artist fulfill their career goals um however that relates to touring and i was like you know cool <laughs> wait and uh same with like i have a U- uk agents who said the same thing and i was like yeah that's cool you know got Set nothing to lose with that <laughs> and um so I think they're more focused, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> which is cool. I mean, it's definitely something uh, in the forefront of my mind, mm-hmm. but I can't take any action besides to like keep rehearsing and keep writing and um, yeah. keep like trying to do like cool live streams. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I'm like, Susie, you got that. Let me know what's <laughs> up. <laughs> when the world is reopened, I trust that you will you will get that. Yeah, we've definitely talked about like places I would want. Like, I'd I'd love to hop on the festival circuit, mm-hmm. and also to do like a headlining tour. And also, you know, that's it's just not going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, for that reason alone, I'm like, let us let's definitely make these plans of like what a dream return would look like, whilst right. also realistically being like, mm, that shit's not happening right now. Yeah, just put it in the in the ether for now, I guess. Yeah. Are you someone who like really enjoys being on stage? Uh, kinda. <laughs> well, I don't know. I I I really I do enjoy performing, but I'm not like I'm not like Judy Garland, you know? Like, yeah, needs to stay. Like when honestly, when like shows stopped. I was like, good, annoying, <laughs> carry my gear. Like, I was, like, being such a, like, big bitch about it because I just, like, I just am a very, like, salty person. And I was like, I was like, you know, I'm, like, also a grandpa. Like, I go to bed at, like, 9 or 10. Well, yeah, me too. <laughs> so, like, okay, cool. Gramp to gramp. It's, like, some of these shows, they're, like, late. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, no, trust me. I'm I like know. cranky at the gig, but I'm also like really excited to be at the gig. But I'm also like really tired. I just get like, there's like a lot of things about gigs. There's enough things about gigs that I don't like that when they shut down, I was like, good, cool, <laughs> bye. But now that it's been like a couple of months, I have like started to miss, especially in the context of doing weird fucking live streams from my mm-hmm. fucking bedroom, singing yeah. to my teddy bears and shit. That shit's weird. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, is, so that, that, is that strange? <laughs> Yeah, so I I do miss, like, the... I honestly just miss, like, the human connection and having somebody, like, the the literal immediate validation of somebody being like, that is a good thing you did. Good job. Clap, clap, clap. Like, I'm, like, (laughs) singing to my teddy bears. They're not clapping. I'm like, shit, I hope I did a good job just now. Yeah, as as vain as it can sound, (laughs) that, like, immediate reaction is kind of important because when you're... Especially if you're performing live, it's such a vulnerable scenario. And you kind of want to yeah. know, you kind of want to know that things went all right. Yeah. And if anything, I realized that like, I do, I enjoy performing in the sense that I kind of like, I kind of like to show off when I'm on stage. <laughs> and so I want to like, I want to make an impression and I want like to then I'm, so then I'm pushing myself to like do a, as good of a job as possible like every time i'm on stage i'm like all right we're gonna it's like let's fucking do like we're gonna flex on these hoes right now like let's do this <laughs> and that that attitude albeit <laughs> whatever it is is not there um when i'm like singing to my teddy bears you know yeah yeah 
No, it's it's so it's, like it's very different. Can't suffer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is different. It's like, who, I, am I gonna, who, who am I to flex on in these trying times? Yeah, it's like, is it just this random like Twitch user that I'm flexing on? Like, who am I? Who am I singing to? Yeah, that's another thing. It's kind of it's kind of weird and sad to like sing into the void. Yeah, because I'm like, damn, you know, if I wanted to sing into the void. I could just do that with all of these weird fucking cameras and like without all the annoying setup of having a live stream from my room. Yeah, you you'd know, probably which, do that anyway. Honestly, it makes it easier than ever to turn down gigs mm. because they're less, a lot of them are less appealing than ever before. Yeah. Because of the A, lack of like audience participation, validation, and energy, and B, like the legit amount of time, amount of time it takes to do like a pre pre-recorded thing and like you know set up my interface my mic and like i got my little ds i'll go on to like adobe premiere pro and like edit it and then I'll also edit my audio in ableton you know <laughs> it's kind of like a whole fucking thing i'm like well if i'm gonna do all this i'm not just gonna do it for some random mother effort who i don't really know or yeah. care about that much well yeah that's a lot of extra work too that like is not you know, to put it very, very simply, is not really what you like signed up for or anyone signed up for when they were like trying to, you know, go out and be a musician. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, like I like I like uh, that I like, you know, have learned a little bit about my DSLR. I like that I have the opportunity. I'm like pretty proficient at Adobe Premiere Pro. I feel like that's really useful. And I, I like I like, you know, mixing and mastering and Ableton in my spare time. But still, <laughs> <laughs> It's still a pain in the ass. So I'm not yeah. just going to like, like I've had people be like, hey, would you like to do this, you know, for free? And I'm like, well, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> I would not like to. I wonder if some of that, though, is because you are relatively like new to the scene, you yeah. know, like they're trying to take advantage of that. Well, honestly, like it's mostly from Boston folks. <laughs> oh, really? That's Because folks from Boston are just tripping. No, it's cool. It's like, you know, some... <sighs> Do they think know. it's like you're Boston and we're Boston, so let's be free? Like, is that like you'll do it out of loyalty? I'm not sure, but what I've realized is like the longer the email, <laughs> like <laughs> the less I'm like I like will look for any, I like scan for any like fee or like payment, and right. if it's like the longer the email, the less likely that is to be included in it. Yeah, and also probably the longer the email, the less likely you are to probably even read the whole thing and respond to it. Well, like I read them all, but I, I need to get better about declining shows because I'll sometimes just not respond mm -hmm. because I don't want to be a dick over email. Yeah, and but when you're when you're a dick over email, it's like extra dick, right? And I'm like, how do I just be like, no, thank you, without sounding like terse? Because right. that's like terse to say over email. It is. It's like, hey, um, or something. She's like, hey, I'm unavailable, but thanks. Mm -hmm. Like, hey. But then sometimes they're like, oh, are you available on this date? I'm like, I'm actually never, <laughs> yeah. I'll never be available yeah. for this. That's like when I when I invite people to this show, like, of course, 99% of the time, I'm, in, I'm emailing their managers or their PR people. And I'm like, hey, would, you know, Joanna Newsom like to talk to me sometime? And I literally just say sometime. And they always say, no, you know, she's, she's not available, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, all right. Or like she's not doing interviews or whoever it is, you know, it's like, okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's the most common response. Yeah, is they're she's not, not available. doing an interview with you. It's like, oh, okay. 
not to slight Joanna Newsom because she's my favorite person on this planet. But yeah, um, no, yeah. I mean, you know, peeps just. <laughs> but managers, decline. yeah, managers and PR people. I think what ends up happening is like they don't even they field, you know, for their client, which emails to pass through and which to not. And so when they get to me, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, they're not available to do this right now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh man, that's super funny. I was, I forget who, oh, I was talking to Ryan Walsh of Hallelujah the Hills. Yeah. um, And he was saying the same thing. Like if people are like not available, it's like, okay, what are you doing then? Because right now, like, no one is really doing much that's the thing that's that's another reason why i'm just like i need to figure out a response because i'm like what i'm doing is just like not not that (laughs) yeah 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 it's like anything but that you could you could maybe be like oh you know i'm not taking on live shows at the moment but then i don't know here's the thing though you could lie though and be like i'm booked up (laughs) I, i i i don't lie well, that's good. Which then, but then it means that I just like don't know what to say. And I'm just <laughs> sitting on that email and then they nudge me and then I'm like, oh, hey, thanks for the nudge. I'm unavailable. It's like, what the f- <laughs> You just said that like two weeks ago. So I, I got to figure that out. I'm, I'm, I'm working on like the perfect like, because sometimes it's a thing, it, it like sometimes it's an opportunity that I like am interested in, but I don't want to do right now which is easier to decline yeah but if i'm like super just not interested at all i find it harder to like find the words well i mean i appreciate and i think we all appreciate that you don't want to be mean oh i mean there's no reason for that that's no, not there's cool. not i mean it's just a matter have... of like <laughs> being like yeah it's just a matter of like how do i communicate this sentiment kindly yeah yeah, one of my favorite responses I get from PR people is like, thank you for your interest, but she is kindly passing on this. Mm. It's like, okay, yeah, all right. So she's kind, <laughs> but she's saying no. <laughs> Not very nice, Joanna. <laughs> yeah, no, Joanna didn't do that. Okay, okay, okay. For, for, you know, in Joanna's defense, who, by the way, will never even know I exist, in her defense, I invited her like the first week I launched those podcasts and I didn't even have an episode up because I was like so eager. Aww. So I don't blame her PR person for being like, yeah, um, this podcast, quote unquote, that doesn't exist yet. Um, <laughs> she, she's she's going to say no. Yeah. And, you know, but also she, might... she, you know, she's private. She's a private person. Yeah. I feel she like really, a lot of I can a lot understand of people are private. I get it. Yeah, like my PR folks are always like very kindly gassing me up because I enjoy like doing interviews. And I think that the from the vibe I get, they are quite used to most people like declining a lot of what they send over. Yeah. But I like, you know, I I do read the email and I'm like, that looks cool. Or like <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it usually looks cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I, you know, I started it this year because of the pandemic and I was like, you know what? I've been wanting to do this for a while and facetiously i thought everyone's home and doing nothing and they'll all want to be okay with talking for 45 (laughs) minutes um luckily several people have have said yes and it's been very nice but um you know i i did um a couple interviews because i also work for the needle drop and i um i did Mm -hmm. some interviews for him and i had a lot of fun and i was like how do i do this without you (laughs) Because like I want to do it my own in my own you know on my own time in my own way, and also like when people get an email from the needle drop that's like hey I want to do a podcast they want to talk to him they don't want to talk to me, 
So, no. well, no, I mean, it's just the way it's like no one, yeah, no, I guess you know, no one reaches out to Anthony Fantano and being like, can I, can I actually talk to your video editor who I've never <laughs> seen or heard from? <laughs> it's like Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. You know? Right, right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I wanted to start my own. So I'm 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 always glad when people say yes, but I'm I'm fine if they say no as long as they're nice about it. Yeah. Like you said, there's no need to be mean. No. The world it's is such a negative enough. place right now. It's you know, I couldn't even it's just been so long since I had like what even what I would even categorize as like a mean email interaction that I Well that's nice. I feel like that would really hurt my I'm like really <laughs> in this pen in this year of our Lord. Yeah, in this day and age, really. That hurt my feelings. <laughs> in this year, 2020. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Um, well, I have to wrap up before my thing runs out. Gotcha. Um, but thank you so much. I'm glad you say yes to interviews. I'm glad you said yes to, to talk to me today. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, the album The album's really good. Um, it's called Give or Taker. If people have not heard it, I suggest you go listen to it. As someone in the um, Beats Per Minute uh, Slack the other day, said because when i told them i was talking to you they said his album's really good and i said yeah i know and they said and you can listen to it twice in one hour (laughs) 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 i was like yeah that's a really good point people keep telling me that exactly (laughs) like that i'm like you know what (laughs) it's a short album but it gets the job done and then you can just repeat it i know i'm like listen is this a light roast because I'll take it. Hey, it's no, true. I think the age of the short album is overdue because I am so sick of like three hour records. Honestly, the next time I see a double album, I'm just fucking. I mean, unless it's like Moses Sumney, literally, I just right. get so tired of the double album. <laughs> yeah, I know. That one made sense. <laughs> oh, that was, I mean, that was, you know, otherworldly. But most of the time, I'm like, you really have 17 song track list, you know? Yeah, or like when they make a double LP, but it's like a 36 minute album, and I'm like, you just wanted to spend to get more money wait people do that people do that i remember distinctly when i first like when i early on when i first started buying vinyl um i picked up beach house's devotion which is like a 40 minute album it has like 11 songs and it's a double lp there is no (laughs) point and honestly it's even more egregious because there's one there's two songs on the album in the middle that bleed together and that's where they fucking cut the lp don't you do it i don't understand it you know who like i have i have radioheads burn the witch and for some moon-shaped pool and like i really like it but for some reason there's like four lps with like two songs yeah like what i I guess you know if if anybody can do this it's radiohead but i suppose but it's to me it's a money grab i mean there's no way that the devotion lp with a gatefold double lp would have been the same price as a single LP in a nice little envelope. So, you know what? Get it where you can get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much for talking to me. Um, I really appreciate it, and uh, I really, I really like the record, and I, I am excited to see w- what happens next. And I hope you stay positive in this really weird, unsettled time, especially this week. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it was a nice, <laughs> super nice. Uh, you know distraction from the <laughs> dystopia of our, the onslaught our around us i know have a good one i hope, hope your dog is oh cute. she doesn't she doesn't she oh she is well, she know, is nothing to worry about there but <laughs> i think a lot about how she has no idea what's going on <laughs> and how oh, jealous i kind bliss. of am in some some ways <laughs> yeah 
I am. I just, I you know, I just, as well for that. yeah, I just come home from work and she's happy. And that's like, oh my God. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll email you a picture of her. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that would be great. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll drop that in your inbox. Sick. All right. Well, thank you so much. Have a, have a nice rest of your evening. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.